0: All right, Boz, how are you, man? I am doing great. I'm excited. We are moving into the summer, feeling good. Yeah, summer is well, spring's finally
1: arriving here in Washington. It's it's sunny out as we record this, so I'll be taking advantage of that today. I actually have to do some running, believe it or not. So that's going to oh. be on on the docket. Okay. We've got we've got a, a couple cool questions here. Two different questions because. Uh, it was your idea, which I think was very intelligent, for us to do them both in one show. Because I think together they'll be the appropriate time window for us to talk. I don't think either one's super long, but we've been known to go down a rabbit hole, so we'll see what happens. It's true.
0: So let's—two let's, old men rambling, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. Uh, and they're two old, old man yells at cloud. <laughs> they're two different
1: questions, but both from coaches, so that's cool. So people who yeah. are coaching at affiliates. And in, in the real space, making it happen. So the first one is from individual named Dave. Not sure how much you know, information you want to share, so shares, call him Dave. This is what Dave says. Got a question. By the way, as is fun every now and then, Adrian and I both know the topics for all the listeners at home, but we haven't told each other our responses yet. So we'll no, be hearing them in real yet. time. <laughs> so here's Dave's question. Got a question for the Very Not Random crew. What are your thoughts on CrossFit coaches charging members at their affiliate for private sessions to work on specific skills? My view, for what it's worth, is the members already pays enough to go to the gym. If a member says to me, do you have any tips for toes to bar, for example, I have no problem finding the time to show them some drills, give them some exercises and material to study to help them free of charge. I'm talking about maybe 15 minutes of my time. My job as a coach isn't simply to unlock the gym and take people through the workout. It goes beyond that. Any
0: input is appreciated. Great question. A great question. And I want to start back at the top and say, hey, all you coaches out there, the real heroes. You know what I mean? like You really are the ones that are making it happen. You are the ones that are setting the tone for people to better their lives and you know, allow this thing to take root in ways that benefits them, not just in the gym. So hats off to you guys, and it's not an easy job, and there's lots to think about. So that being said, um, this whole show, in my opinion, is about kind of athlete or client management strategies in some situations that can be tricky. And Mm -hmm. if I'm reading this situation correctly, it sounds like Dave already has a pretty good sense of his answer. You know, in his opinion, it seems like, yeah, if i'm if I have the time and it's not going to take all day, I'm more than happy to extend myself and get my members a little bit extra outside of class time. I think that's the right approach in my opinion. Um, however, there is absolutely, an effect of that where some people aren't going to be good with their boundaries or you're not going to set them strongly enough. <laughs> right. And before you know it, you're spending hours with people outside of the designated class time and it becomes a problem. So if you are comfortable with that arrangement and it's clear in your mind where that line is, and you know how to set those boundaries with the people that are asking for your time, awesome. I say, go for it. Um, the other end of that though, is if this is something more involved, Hey, I need, a, I need a program written for me. Hey, I need in depth, in depth, hour long type sessions. Well, that's where to me, it becomes a pretty clear, bright line surrounding, Hey, this is an independent session and it probably is going to come with a price tag attached to it because my time is valuable. And the information that I'm going to be sharing with you is also valuable. So for that reason, um, you know, you have to kind of understand what it is that you're getting into and where you sit philosophically with that. And it sounds like Dave's got a pretty good sense of that already. Um, the, the flip side of that too, is that trainers, I think sometimes often undervalue their, their one-on-one time. Sure, uh, I've seen that, yeah. I've seen that happen a lot. You know, you have um, coaches that are getting paid X amount per class and that can get, if, it, if you're the owner of the affiliate and, you know, you're taking the, uh, paycheck out of the, the profits or whatever. And it's all kind of wrapped in. That's one thing. But if you're just Joe coach, who's getting a flat rate and let's be frank, most of the time, it's not a crazy sum mm-hmm. that those coaches are getting paid. That's not unreasonable at all for me to think that yes, more of my time will cost more money um, for that reason.
1: Yep. That's and I'm largely in agreement with you there. And I agree also that Dave seems like he's got a good system that his gut feeling, I think, is pretty on point. Had he not put in one magical phrase in his question, I would take a different stance with this as to whether or not it should be charged or not charged. But when he says, "Ah, I'm talking about 15 minutes. Exactly. That was a critical little deal. Because 100%, if he hadn't put that in, I would say like, look, if you're going to be with somebody for an extended period of time, you know, and, and, and in my mind, like an hour session popped in, like and mm-hmm. helped with this, like that shouldn't be a freebie. The overwhelming majority of the time. Yep. I mean, you're there as a professional and professionals are worth their time and effort. And so value yourself and, you know, you're, your mortgage at home isn't paid for with good feelings and kind words. <laughs> okay, like it is what it is. You know, it's you've you've got to earn uh, a proper fee for your time. But like he said, hey, you got a couple extra minutes. I, this this one part about fill in the blank just is is tricking me up a bit. You're there ten minutes, good to go. So I think I think his heart and his mind are in the right place. If it is more than that. Yes. Hey, let's schedule something. Can you stick around today, thirty or forty minutes? Ooh, no. You know, I I didn't think that that was going to occur. We got to get something mm-hmm. on the books. That's a bit of a different deal. Let's set a, let's set aside some dedicated time for this, and we'll make it somewhat official. Super. What I also think can occur on a regular basis, and maybe not in this one instance that Dave was talking about. There, where I think he mentioned toast bar is if you're not doing too much on a regular basis with the programming that you have at your gym, ideally, you've got a little pocket of time almost built into every warm-up preparation, practice round, start building the bar session as you move towards whatever the workout happens to be, and you're walking around, engaging with your clients, helping somebody, and little tips and tricks, and this are happening, Ideally every single solitary day. And so you're Mm. sprinkling in a bit of knowledge, sprinkling in a bit of knowledge on a regular basis that hopefully keeps things like this somewhat to a minimum. They'll always pop up for sure. But if potentially you have, ah, you know, slowly and little bit by little bit added a bit more and added part B and part C and Part (laughs) D, and then and then that would
0: do such a thing.
1: (laughs) Unthinkable. And then that magic precious resource of time has evaporated Mm -hmm. then i could see something like this happening on a much more regular basis because that that time is gone and so you're probably going to have more clients coming up because they're not getting it somewhere else so that's another i think insidious side effect of putting too much into an hour so there's a little bit each day Mm -hmm. there's hey can you stick around for 10 minutes after class that answer is probably going to be yes Unless the same person asks you that for 75 days in a row, then we probably want to have a different discussion. And then there's the, man, I'm really struggling with the squat snatch. Can we just have some serious focused time and dig in on that? You're like, yes, let's put an hour in the books somewhere. Yeah. And so I think there's a couple ones there. And the only other thing I would say in addition to that, and this is as, you know, as a garage gym athlete myself, proud, and and very happy. If there's individuals listening to this who are dedicated garage gym athletes all around the world, as we've said before, you can learn a lot from what what is on YouTube and free and readily available and in slow motion and read the journal articles and video yourself and improve your movement. And there's specialty programs on Beyond the Whiteboard that are top-notch to get you your first handstand walk, kipping pull-up, improve your back squat. Those are all fantastic. But every now and then, you might just need some one-on-one attention with a live human being, a real coach that is just focused on you. And even if you're the garage gym athlete, don't be afraid to every now and then, once a quarter, once a month, whatever makes sense for you, call down to the local affiliate if you know there's a, just mm-hmm. a sharp coach in your area. Schedule one hour with them for you know two or three things that are kind of giving you a little bit of a sticky point. And that you'll get so much accomplished in one hour of dedicated attention with a sharp coach. You do that, you know, once every couple months, and then you go back into your garage, life's going to be fantastic for you. So their their time mm-hmm. is worth you writing a check for that hour.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's especially true for those of us that work out independently. You know, your, your form can creep on you sure? your oh, yeah. over time can kind of get recalibrated and maybe not in the way that you want it <laughs> I to be. Was gonna
1: say recalibrate <laughs> is a kind word.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do really like that idea of, hey, you know, I'm a garage gym athlete. I love doing my own thing. Cool. Periodically, I go check in and just make sure that the center is still actually the center. Yep. I think that's really, really important from time to time. And, you know, that external pair of eyes is never going to be bad information. Um, even if you don't take it all to heart. It's always great to have that, that uh, second set of um, opinions. So, I, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I just wanted to note on the other end of that, I feel like so much of this has to do with kind of the softer skills of communication and the way that you built rapport with your athletes to that point. Um, and so, again, if you have somebody that comes in and they're going to try to dominate your time, Mm. You have to have the strength of character to say, hey, look, I'm putting up this boundary and I can't do this in this way. Um, But conversely, I feel like you also have to have the grace and some people are really hardline about this where they're like class ends and somebody comes up to them and they're like, well, that'll be $75 for the first half an hour. Right, And it's like, okay, hold on. Maybe you don't need to take that hard line either. I don't think that's a good strategy. And frankly- I think that can be really off-putting for most people if that's the way that you approach it. So I, I think a softer touch of, you know if you are interested in making this a you know, more long-term session that ends up being paid for, um, the soft approach can be a little bit better. Hey, let's let's spend 15, 20 minutes see what you're doing, see what you need out of this. And if it turns out that this isn't enough and we need to take it a step further, then, okay, the conversation evolves from there. This free 15, 20 minutes, maybe that does turn into a session that's uh, more expensive than that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's not this hard line thing. I think either, it's extreme, is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's either not... extreme is- a moving target. Yeah, either extreme is going to land you in a weird place. And I do
1: think as a general rule, I don't want to say that most CrossFit coaches- and coaches are probably too generous with their time because I don't know if that's the right wording I'm looking for. But, yeah. but for lack they're of a willing, better way to say it, willing to
0: extend. For lack most of a better of way to say to it,
1: I, Yeah, I'll stick with that. It was, I, I feel yeah. confident in saying that most of the time, if class ended and you walked up to the coach or trainer and you said, hey, do you have a couple minutes? I feel yep. like most of the time the answer is going to be a yes.
0: Absolutely. You I know? think so too. And that, I think that's a product of people really caring about what they're doing. Um, yeah, for sure. And just uh, yeah, don't
1: a, abuse it as the client and don't allow yourself mm. to be abused as the coach or trainer. But the casual yeah, every now and then,
0: hey, Kenya. Yeah, sure. Come on over here for a sec. And I had one more thing to, uh, to add in there too. And this is something that I don't think um, is recognized sometimes within the typical affiliate model where group class is kind of given the priority, which is great. Group classes are awesome. I mean, we talk about the benefits of that all the time, despite the fact that Pat and I work out on our own most of the time, you know, we both recognize that Mm -hmm. the benefit of being with a group, it's huge. However, there are still people out there and they're more the outlier, but they are more comfortable and they excel in an environment that is not that group class. They're going to be more comfortable. They're going to have better um, outcomes when it's a one-on-one regular thing. Mm -hmm. I know that certainly when I was more involved with coaching directly, um, you know, I had a few clients that, I tried to introduce them into the group setting. They gave it an honest try. It wasn't for them. And we went back to one-on-one coaching because that's what they preferred. And so sometimes you just have to be on the lookout for that as well. There are going to be people that that is their preference. That's where they're going to be best served. And so don't try to force them into a situation that isn't going to to serve that as best as it could.
1: Fair point. Yeah, fair point. I think that puts a nice bow on the first question. Are you content? I think so too. I okay. am very okay. Let's. So, thanks for that question, Dave. I'm going to rearrange the things on my laptop so I can read the next one. Okay, here it is. Oh, this next one's a classic. <laughs> it's a great question. I love it so much. Okay, this is from another coach or trainer. The trainer, her name is Emma, and Emma says, "How best to deal with a member who finds it hard to listen to the briefing?" who then ends up controlling all of your time with questions that were verbally and visually demonstrated in the briefing slash up, (laughs) often directly, and who goes on to make choices that are dangerous in a workout or makes these choices for the sake of speed. For example, this member uses sponges, actual dishwashing sponges, I'm sorry, I just gotta keep it together, on his hands, (laughs) not attached just covering his hands for all rig, barbell, and dumbbell work. Even in the grounds of safety advice, he continues to use them. He will also, despite being told, shown and corrected, perform movements incorrectly in order to win, i.e. wall balls (laughs) with insufficient depth. This is not because he is unable to or that the stimulus is too much. Um I'm at my wit's end as I love coaching but I feel dread when I see this member booked. I've tried I've tried overkill with my time with them. I've tried to let them sink or swim, I've tried partnering them, uh partnering them with capable and friendly members to learn by looking, but nothing seems to help and it is causing me to not enjoy my work. You know, the sponges. Oof. I actually I could be wrong, but I feel like I've seen that in, in like old school lifting videos, like Lee Haney or somebody like, like <laughs> repping out something with like sponges on his hands in the old school gym. So I, anyway, Emma's got herself in a situation with a difficult, challenging, stubborn client doing weird stuff to win, not paying attention, eating up all of her time. And now she's dreading going to work. And frankly, like, you know, I was giggling because there are some there's some giggle worthy material in there, Emma. But my heart does go out to you. that sucks. If you're dreading showing up to coach, that's a rough situation mm-hmm. to be in. So, yeah. no so see if we can't help her out a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's, um, you know, the the broad strokes here when you have an athlete that just is kind of a hard case, you've got to do a few things before you bring in the big guns. And number one, you got to speak with them candidly and one-on-one and say, hey, look, I don't know if you're aware that this is how you're coming off. You know, you're coming off as if you're not listening to my coaching. Um, You know, you're coming off as if you don't care. Uh, And sometimes people just don't realize that. They genuinely don't realize or recognize that they are defying what you're trying to tell them directly. They're just oblivious to it. So you got to start there with that conversation. And those are not typically comfortable to have, but sometimes it can resolve things pretty quickly just by addressing it head on. Um, second, I, I like that. I think there were some other strategies employed. Hey, pair them yeah. up with other athletes, see if yep. they can be an example. doesn't sound like that's working, but Hey, you know, that, that's a good strategy. Um, as an offshoot of that, I always thought it was kind of fun to, uh, create workouts in situations that force good movement, and I'll give you an example. This is one that we used to do a lot with um, the Marin Rowing Association way back in the day. We we worked with their under eighteen and under seventeen youth rowing team, and it was a bunch of rowers that didn't know much about CrossFit, we were responsible for their dry land training. And you know, they were high school kids; they weren't. They weren't listening to us. We, <laughs> what <laughs> right. did we have to offer? them? They have better know? things to do than listen to adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so what we would do is we'd set up a lot of scenarios like this where we would have groups of three. And let's say it was something like Tabata squats. Um, you'd have one athlete working and two athletes silently counting reps. And you'd be really clear about what counts as a rep. Okay, you got to come all the way down. You got to come all the way up. You're counting those silently while your friend is doing their reps. And so at the end of the entire sequence of Tabata, then the two silent judges would hold up the number. And if there was a discrepancy, then the working athlete would owe. And so the working athlete, because they don't know in the moment if the rep is good or bad, but they know they're being judged on it. They have every incentive to try to do it right, especially because if they know they're going to pay some sort of penalty at the end. And it doesn't have to be a heavy thing, but but like a fun thing, you know what I mean? And so uh, that was one strategy. And there's a million different ways you could creatively apply a strategy like that. But yeah, come up with a scenario where there's a bit of a team workout or a partner workout and you are being held to the standard that somebody else is looking I looking like at. That. And, and, and the key being silent, and there's a consequence. silently counting exactly, yeah, there's a consequence at the end and 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 it's fun and light and all of that so that that was one that we always used to do um, but I'll, I'll take it to the extreme, and at the end of the day, just like in the first question, you said the key phrase was fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and that was what dictated like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal it's it, it just doesn't need to be like a big monetary discussion. Same thing here in my mind. The big telling phrase is I no longer look forward to coaching when this individual is present. This is affecting my job satisfaction and my ability to be as good as I can for the other people that want my attention and want my expertise. That has to be rooted out. In my opinion, you cannot allow that type of thing to um, fester in the group setting because that's what it's going to do. Uh, If you have that feeling and you're the one that's confronting it directly, no doubt there are other members that are looking at this and are thinking, man, what is going on with this person? And so it's difficult to do. But in my opinion, this is one of those situations where you have to consider, do I fire this client? And I've done it. Many Mm -hmm. of us have done it. And it's not easy to do, but sometimes it is the best step forward. You have to have a real conversation with them that says, look, we've tried to do this in a way that you know you have the opportunity to come on board with, with what we're trying to accomplish and, and you can't do it. And I don't think this is the right training environment for you. Here's your money back. Good luck to you. There's an awesome facility down the street. I'd recommend you go check in with them. And that's that because it is going to spread and it's going to be a problem. It already is a problem in the sense that you don't wanna be there, even though this is something that you, you love enough to pour your life into it. That's a big deal. So don't take that lightly. And you know, the only other thing I'll say on that is when you get to that point, you've got two options, in my opinion. It's fire or forget. So mm-hmm. you've got to take this individual and say, hey, look, this is end of the line. Or you have to forget about the issue and you can't let it bother you anymore. You just know that, hey, this guy's going to run his own program he's a bit of a wild card, but it doesn't bother me anymore. I've let it go. And those are your only options when it comes to that point, And you've exhausted these other strategies, fire or forget you make the choice, but once you've made that choice, you have to stick with it.
1: My preparation to answer this question was me writing two words down on a sticky note and putting <laughs> it on my piece of paper. And those two words are fire them. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> Fire them. I I mean, I I could go for a lot longer. I'm going to give Emma the benefit of the doubt. Sounds like a sharp individual. She Mm -hmm. sounds like she has tried a lot and has poured a lot of her heart and soul into it. Fire them and show up the next day with a big smile. Okay, now I'll elaborate on it a little bit. I fully agree with like what you said. Hey, if they're in the middle of the month, give them the money back for the rest of the month. The remainder, like you said, here's a great facility down the road. Wish you the best. Um, the fire them, the is under the assumption that they have done precisely what you already said. That's that's my predicate to that. Yeah, mm. uh, I'm sure I use that word right, uh, but you know that's what I would want to have preceding. That is not only that, but did you have okay? You partner, you partnered him with something. Maybe you tried doing the briefing a bit different. You made direct eye contact with him, like, hey, so-and-so talking to you here, right? You know, or whatever it is. But just to reiterate, reiterate what you said, uh, you know, I've been in some leadership positions before in my life and all that, and it, is, it cannot be challenging. Excuse me, it cannot be fun. It is challenging. But be if you're at your wit's end and the step is about to be firing this person and you haven't done it yet, then the one thing that... I would do is like you said I would have a very hard real not sugar coated conversation with this individual. Get all mm-hmm. of your cards on the table to make sure that this person unquestionably knows in plain English that they are about to you this is about to happen. You have to do these things. I'm asking you them for a reason. They are disruptive to everyone else who is here, who, by the way, is paying to be here and paying for my time, which they are not getting because of you. I cannot allow that to happen on my watch. Un- period. End of story. So mm-hmm. we, we only have two things now. I'm not going to hurt the other 50, 150 members of this gym for one member. So you've got to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you're going to pay attention. And we're going to have a good time. And we're going to get fit together. and you're going to come along for the ride or that's not acceptable to you. And I wish you well. And that, I would say that's,
0: that's where I'm at with this individual. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yes, you're much more (laughs) succinct than me. And, uh, (laughs) and, and again, you know, I just, the last thing I would add to that is I do think that the forget is a valid strategy. If if firing somebody is not um, palatable for whatever reason, or you don't think it's necessary and you can kind of, you know, shelf this uh, mentally. Um, yeah, fine. You know what? Forget about them. Give the energy to the people that do want to respond to your coaching. Um, Something which caveat, might occur. Okay. Caveat is that, again, if their behavior starts to set precedent for others, starts to fester into other yes. people not paying attention, et cetera, then you got to cut that out.
1: Well. In my my experience, both things are contagious. Good behavior and good habits are contagious. Bad behavior is also contagious. You know, a little one person who starts chirping, well, then somebody else starts chirping or (laughs) not paying attention or or giggling or messing around. And it can go either way. The only other thing that I was going to say is. Assuming that this, you know, Emma seems sharp, I'm going to be gracious and assume that this client is also of. Average intelligence, average (laughs) average situational awareness. Like you can kind of read a room that you would hope, and all that, and kind of knows that they're a little challenging. But maybe they think it's fun, or she'll get over it, or I don't. Beats me. There's a good chance in today's day and age, where you know people don't enjoy having hard conversations that make other people uncomfortable. When you present this individual with the "Thank you, today is your last class." that you might actually shock them from never having been yeah. like confronted just full blown before with the harsh reality mm-hmm. and and have a paying business willing to say, you know what, your monthly fee is not yeah. worth it. You don't hear that too frequently these days. No. That, that yeah. might be one heck of a wake up call that maybe in the final hour does sway this individual to being like, oh, wow, I actually really like coming here. And Mm -hmm. I I know that I'm miserable, but you're a really good coach. And the people here are super cool. I
0: don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave. It's like, okay. Let, let, let me just add a step further to that, that if they don't have that realization confronted with, Hey, Mm. this may be taken away from me, then your decision was all the more um, justified in Mm -hmm. my opinion, because that to me is, I, you know, I'm, I'm a person that doesn't particularly like conflict. I can deal with it, whatever. I've been in some situations where I've certainly had to. You've got resolve that you've
1: got two <laughs> sleeves of tattoos and some long hair. From what I can tell, you seek out conflict. Okay, you got a motorcycle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
0: but, but you know, I also grew up in Canada. Pat it was right. a very uh, you know forgiving people. But um, you know, I, I think back on situations like this where I've had hard conversations or had to fire people, and it can get to you. You think you second guess it. Did I do the right thing? You know, should I have tried to be more lenient? Did I meet this person halfway, et cetera? It can really start to mess with you a little bit uh, in my experience. But if they have that attitude of no remorse or they get more combative Mm -hmm. when they're confronted with their behavior, et cetera. Yep. In my mind, that is just one more sign that like, yeah, this is the right decision. Yep. I would fully agree. And I had a, I had a friend
1: who was in a leadership position managing a a team of individuals, and one individual on this team was just not totally unfamiliar with what, uh, dissimilar, I should say, to what Emma's describing. Disruptive, a nuisance, eating up time, all of that stuff, and everyone knew it. Like you said, everyone knows, oh, so-and-so's here. And this person who was in the leadership position had what we described, like the brutally honest frank this is how it is kind of a conversation with that person and it actually worked like it 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 did Mm. turn them around and you know kind of shocked them into like oh wow this i don't want to be perceived that way and seen that way and and it's actually so bad that people are looking to be like we kind of don't want you here anymore because it's not fun man it's not fun so much so that fast forward a couple years later and this person you know uh, circled back with my my friend who's in the leadership position, and actually thanked them like look yeah. that was I did not want to hear that several years ago when you said that, and it was not fun to hear, and it did actually make me uncomfortable and angry in the moment and now looking back on it, it's exactly what I needed to hear, you know so yep. you know it's just uh you're never wrong doing the right thing, and you have a community of people that you need to take care of at that gym, and all of those people are investing their time, effort, energy, and income to show up so that you can properly coach them that day. And it's, it's unfair
0: yep. for them not to get that. That'd be my kind of summation. Yep. Absolutely. I, uh, this is fun. This kind of takes me back down uh, memory lane to uh, talk about some of these more challenging coaching aspects that have nothing to do with the technical aspect of the job. <laughs>
1: Right I mean cuz that's it right I mean you are dealing with not only human movement and loading and programming and but you're you are dealing with personalities and oh, yeah. interactions and everything or worse. <laughs> everything and everybody has a bad day but Emma's not talking sure. about one person having a bad day it's she's yeah. talking about a somebody who habitually steps over yeah. the line so hopefully that's uh, useful any any parting thoughts Are you good
0: no, I don't think so. I, I think this is um, this is good. You know, trainers stick up for yourselves out there. You guys put a lot in, and um, you know, it takes a lot to be really good at that job. So Agreed. don't undervalue it, and don't let other people take that away from those that want to be there.
1: So, Dave, hope that answers your question. Emma, I hope that helps you out as well. Maybe you can let us know somehow if if, if this you know uh, worked well for you. And as we always say. Now, you know what Adrian thinks and what I think. Great. But we love to know, what do all of you think? Um, you know, with regards to the first question about charging people or not charging people for extra instruction, what do you coaches and trainers think about that? What works? And then with regards to Emma's question, for anybody out there running a gym, running class, the most troublesome, difficult member that you've ever had that just made you want to pull your hair out. How did you handle and correct that situation? Find this episode on the BTWB YouTube channel and post your thoughts in the comments. We read them for sure. And if you have ideas or topics for an upcoming show, leave them there as well. If you don't want to leave a specific idea there because maybe it's a bit, you know, I don't know, personal issue or whatnot, you can just go to the uh, very not random Instagram account and just send them a direct message if you have a topic or a show idea. We'll get it that way as well. So for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.